Looking to get out of your own way and make things happen? Do you love inspiration and tips that are based on the science of happiness and well-being? If so, default to yes is for you. New episodes are released every Monday with the occasional bonus episodes with expert guests, each one designed for inspiration to keep us moving in the right direction. Whether you're dealing with obstacles that have been around for a long time or are on a journey of new challenges, know that you are not alone. The Default to Yes podcast is nurse coach and aromatherapist Julie Reynolds on the journey with you, your extraordinary self. We deal in truth and experiment with solutions, training our fascinating brains to cooperate as we show up in the world the way we really want, make the difference we desire without sacrificing our overall well-being. Welcome to the Default to Yes podcast. Welcome back. Today, we're going to dive into a fascinating and often misunderstood topic of cynicism. We're going to explore what cynicism is and whether it's good or bad, how to overcome it, and what science has to say about this mindset. And to get us started on a happy note, here's what it may look like to default to yes. My extraordinary self looks like when I enter on any cruise ship going to any Caribbean island to disconnect from my daily peri-anesthesia nurse routine where I can disconnect from all the call lights, all the pain medication, all the patients in pain and nausea and vomiting. That's what it looks like when I default to yes. We have peri-anesthesia nurse Keisha Franks to thank for that vision of cruises and tropical islands as we dive into this week's topic. Cynicism is defined as a skeptical, distrustful attitude towards the motives and integrity of others. It a lot of times will arise from a deep sense of disillusionment and belief that people are primarily motivated by self-interest. Cynics tend to question the sincerity of others, doubt the existence of genuine goodness, and often but not always are expecting the worst in people and in situations. None of us are a stranger to this, just scrolling social media or listening to friends and family comment on current events. Um, Politics, it's everywhere to some degree. Now, why did I even think about talking about this? It's because I've been called out on this by colleagues several times in the past. And it's caused me to take some time to give this some attention. Of course, my first reaction is, I'm not cynical. Then I evolved to, what's wrong with being cynical? As I considered this in my own experience, I found that I was confusing cynicism with realism, and they are two distinct mindsets. A lot of times they can overlap, but they are different. Let's start by discussing cynicism. As I mentioned earlier, cynicism involves a skeptical and distrustful attitude towards the motives and integrity of others. Cynics tend to have a negative outlook, expecting the worst in people and situations. Now, cynicism is not exclusive to any particular profession, but it's true that some professions, including nursing, may be more prone to cynicism than others. There are several reasons why nurses in particular may experience cynicism. One, nursing is a demanding and high-pressure profession. Nurses often work long hours, they deal with challenging situations, witness human suffering, and face constant demands and really impossible expectations. And this can lead to feelings of frustration and even burnout. Now, over time, these factors can contribute to that cynical mindset. 
Also, nurses frequently encounter instances where their efforts to provide high-quality care are hindered by some systemic issues. These may include bureaucratic red tape, organizational inefficiencies, limited support from healthcare institutions, or leadership. So when nurses witness barriers that prevent them from delivering the care that they believe is essential, it can erode their trust in the system and foster cynicism. All of this, and nurses also observe instances of medical errors, ethical dilemmas, and the impact of cost-cutting measures on patient care. And these experiences can lead to, again, to that disillusionment and the belief that the system is inherently flawed, and that also can contribute to cynicism. Now, it's important to note that not all nurses become cynical, and many nurses continue to find fulfillment and meaning in their work with varying degrees of workplace support, and some experience more positive environments than others. Not all nurses work in the same specialties, and maybe there are some that just have naturally sunnier dispositions or a great deal of denial built into their coping strategy that they probably think of it as a personal resilience and can mitigate the risk of cynicism. So you can kind of guess that maybe I don't see myself as one of those, (laughs) but I like to be around them sometimes. Now, if you're a nurse experiencing cynicism, it's crucial to recognize that these feelings are valid and understandable given the challenges of the profession. For that matter, anyone dealing with these patterns or circumstances that make you prone to cynicism, let's just notice and not judge what it is. Let's not place blame or take on the shame. Let's do the work of addressing and managing cynicism so that we can prevent it from negatively impacting our overall well-being and our job performance, our job satisfaction, family dynamics, or however you see this playing out for you. There are some strategies that can help us with this, including seeking support from colleagues and mentors, engaging in self-care activities, finding ways to advocate for positive changes in the workplace, as well as maintaining a sense of purpose and connection to the meaningful aspects. Now, remember, addressing cynicism is a personal journey and seeking professional support like counseling or coaching can be very valuable in navigating these challenges. Okay, let's go back to cynicism. We are in the observation mode of cynicism. Is it good or bad? That's kind of a complex question. And right now, we're just going to notice that it's there and ask it some questions. Let's make some observations. Cynicism can be seen as a defense mechanism. It's a shield against disappointment and betrayal. And in some cases, it can help protect us from being naive or taken advantage of. At the same time, excessive cynicism can have detrimental effects on our well-being, on our relationships, and our overall outlook on life. Now, remember I said that my first thought was that I'm a realist, not a cynic. Well, let's look at that. Realism is characterized by a pragmatic and objective approach to understanding the world. Realists tend to assess situations and people based on facts and evidence rather than idealistic notions. They recognize that there are both positive and negative aspects to life, and they strive to see things as they truly are. This is important. Realists have grounded perspective and may make decisions based on practical considerations rather than emotional or wishful thinking. I like that better, for sure. So let's see what is more true. While cynics and realists both acknowledge the presence of flaws and imperfections in the world, 
the big difference is their attitudes and behaviors. Cynics often adopt a more defensive stance, assuming the worst and mistrusting others. Their skepticism may lead to withdrawal from meaningful engagement and a constant expectation of disappointment. On the other hand, realists maintain a more balanced perspective. They accept the presence of both positive and negative aspects of life, at the same time remain open to possibilities and recognize the potential for growth and positive change. I've kind of adopted my own scale or spectrum to measure my attitude. It's a sliding scale. On one end or at one is cynical. On the other end or at five is realist. So where are you on that spectrum? It's worth noting that cynicism can sometimes be a mask for underlying pain and past disappointments. Cynics have been let down or hurt in the past, leading them to adopt a protective mindset. Realists, on the other hand, tend to base their assessments on evidence and seek practical solutions without the negative experiences clouding their judgment. And when I was coming off a traumatic time in my career that involved legal and ethical issues and interruption employment and my career path, I had good reasons when coming back for being protective and keeping my guard up. But for my own good, if I was going to show up in the way that I really wanted to, I had to learn to base my assessments on actual evidence, not my own thoughts about the circumstances. Remember, we can't always believe what we think. Even though my situation came out of being blindsided by someone's ill intentions, I know that it's not healthy for me to operate on an assumption that it's going to be like that every time, that everyone has the potential for behaving in the way that some in leadership did at that time. So if you're going to join me in using the sliding scale to keep yourself in check, remember that cynicism and realism differ in their underlying attitudes, approaches, and outlooks on life. While cynicism tends to be more skeptical, negative, and distrusting, realism embraces a pragmatic and objective perspective while remaining open to the possibilities. It's important to strike a balance between being realistic and maintaining a healthy level of optimism to navigate life's challenges effectively. So how can we tip the scales to overcome cynicism? The first step is self-awareness. That's good news, right? If you're still listening and you're thinking about how you fall on that scale, you're already off to a good start. Acknowledging and understanding our own cynicism allows us to gain perspective and recognize its impact on our lives. It's important to reflect on the origins of our cynicism and whether it stems from past experiences, personal biases, or general mistrust of others. Again, we're noticing, not judging. So you can just write it down, think it out, and just notice where it might come from. If I was going to ask it some questions, I would say, what is that looking like? Where does that come from? What is the thought that produced that feeling? Once we have identified the roots of our cynicism, we can go to work on challenging and reframing those beliefs. This can be done through cognitive behavior techniques, such as questioning the evidence behind our cynical thoughts, seeking alternative explanations, and consciously focusing on the positive aspects of people and situations. Looking at what science says about cynicism highlights the importance of us really leaning into this and understanding it. 
Studies have shown that cynicism is associated with an increased risk of various health problems, including cardiovascular disease and mental health issues. Prolonged cynicism can negatively impact social relationships, and it's not too surprising that it creates barriers to trust and meaningful connections. On the flip side, research suggests that reducing cynicism and cultivating a more positive outlook can lead to improved well-being and overall life satisfaction. So how can we manage our cynicism more effectively and get on the solution side of this? Now, all my research and experience in my own attempt to overcome cynicism led me to probably the best power tool, and that's gratitude. Practicing gratitude, along with the many benefits that science highlights, it allows us to shift our focus from that negativity to appreciation for the positive aspects of our lives. It can be as simple as keeping a gratitude journal where we write down things that we are grateful for each day. My challenge every day is to write down three things that I'm grateful for. I'm intentional about really trying to think through my day to notice the things that went right and be grateful for them. This practice helps rewire our brains to notice and value the good in people and in situations. Now, another strategy is empathy. By putting ourselves into the shoes of others, we can develop a deeper understanding of motivations and challenges. Empathy encourages compassion and helps us to build more trusting relationships. My coach is good at taking me through this. Putting yourself in the shoes of others is a great way to consider what is really true and understand that you can't always know what is really true. Our manager reminds our team frequently not to tell stories about what we think of the intentions of others. We really just can't know that, so it's really not good data for solution seeking. You can usually identify that you're doing this when you use the word they when referring to decision makers. They think, or they don't think, or they don't know. None of those things are things that we really know for sure, especially when we don't actually know who they are. Counteracting cynicism is all really about engaging in activities that foster that optimism and hope. There are many ways that we can do this. It's not a one-size-fits-all, but surrounding ourselves with positive influences is one way. This is actually why I join professional groups or committees, because seeing the big picture is always good for me. Practicing mindfulness is another way to foster optimism and hope. Yes, I'm bringing up mindfulness again. Another way is seeking out those uplifting experiences, those things that bring you joy and can contribute just to that more optimistic mindset. I use essential oils a lot for this. I like to use a blend that is a high performer in research and is one of doTERRA's blends called Forgive. It's a blend that is known as the Renewing Blend. It's a blend of spruce, bergamot, juniper berry, lemon, myrrh, arborvitae, nutka, lime, and citronella essential oils. This blend reminds me to focus and let go, move on from the past, find meaning, patience, and contentment. It encourages me towards the freedom that comes with forgiveness. One of my friends and researchers, Dr. Rena Zabo, did a study that included emotional aromatherapy in the workplace. And this was a top performer. That was all I needed to incorporate this aroma into my practice. And since then, there are many nurses dropping this in their bag on their way to work. And for a while, it sat on the shelf in the nurse's station for anyone who needed it. Like I said, it's a power tool. 
No matter where you are with this, it's essential to remember that managing cynicism is an ongoing process. It takes time, effort, and self-reflection. It's not always easy to differentiate between the facts of the situation and what you think about the situation, because what we think about the situation is not always true. So our progress may not be linear, but each step we take towards reducing cynicism brings us closer to that more fulfilling and balanced life. I know from experience that it just feels better to move away from that cynicism, and even if it's to move more close to realism than it is to optimism. And that concludes our exploration of cynicism for today. We've discussed what it is compared to realism, pondered its benefits and drawbacks, examined ways to overcome it, and considered the insights provided by scientific research. Remember, while cynicism may offer temporary protection, and while it may feel good in the moment, it ultimately limits our potential for joy and connection and prevents us from really getting on the solution side. By actively working to manage cynicism, we can cultivate a more positive and fulfilling human experience. If you enjoyed this or are thinking now that I just described someone that you know, would you subscribe and share this episode? I would greatly appreciate that. Let's create a great big community of those who get up every day and default to yes. Until next time, know that you are capable of shifting your perspective and embracing a more positive outlook on life, free from the constraints of cynicism. With each day, you can release skepticism and open your heart to the possibilities of genuine goodness and trust in others, allowing that joy and connection to thrive as you default to yes, your extraordinary self.